and welcome to Permanently Resident, a podcast about the ups and downs of living abroad. My name is Robin. I'm from Brighton, England, and I'm living in San Leandro, California. Hi, I'm Jose, living in Tokyo, Japan, and I'm from Simi Valley, California. So today uh, we have episode 26, uh, and we're talking about must-do things and must-see places. Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk about three. Three. We, each of us is going to talk about a must-do thing or must-see place uh, from where we're from, where we are right now, and then we'll talk about one other place as well. So let's start off with where we're from. Okay. Uh, so Jose, you're from California. So what would be your must-do or must-see thing if somebody is in California? Well, for me in California, what I really love is we have a lot of sports teams. We have a lot of. Uh, great stadiums and uh even if you don't like sports i think you can really appreciate like the atmosphere and how grandiose it is and uh you know just just seeing it up live is just spectacular i think um you know when i walk into the stadium and you know you walk up the stairs and then you have the full view of the field or the court or the rink whatever it is it's like wow only in america is is how i feel what's what makes it only in america i think the scale the scale of it um the amount of people in the stadium uh the level of play um the i guess the pageantry around it you know uh in the beginning whether it's someone <clears throat> belting out uh you know the national anthem uh them flying over the stadium you have like f-14s or stealth fighters and you know releasing you know uh, smoke and stuff and uh mm. i mean it's just not something you see everywhere right no i'm not sure i'm not sure i've got the full experience in that case then so uh, you're saying that it's a unique experience i mean we a long time ago we went together to see uh uh, Premier League game, right? Arsenal versus yeah. Sunderland. So, how does it compare to that? Well, you know, EPL football is a good approximation. I think it's it's near, it's uh, it's it's there in in certain ways, and maybe it's mm-hmm. even better in certain ways. So, yeah, I guess EPL, the EPL would be you know something that's equal to it. Mm, okay, so if somebody was going to go to one game what would you recommend basketball american football baseball hockey lacrosse well that's tough um i think american football would have a really great atmosphere but the rules are a bit complicated so i wouldn't Mm. recommend that to somebody if they don't know american football Mm. um probably basketball would be my recommendation because the rules are quite simplistic you know, dribble and shoot, pass, you know, and put the mm. ball in the net. So, um, yeah, and I think you can really feel the atmosphere. So I would recommend that, you know, if you're in California, go out to the Staples Center, buy a, buy some nosebleed seats for 90 bucks. <laughs> yes, that's right. Nosebleed seats for 90 bucks, a good seats for like 250 or 300 bucks. And if you're rich, <laughs> go spend like twenty, thirty thousand $30,000 to be really close uh, and enjoy the game. But, yeah, I'd recommend the basketball game. So would you recommend it to somebody who isn't even interested in sports? Is it still worth going? Yeah, I think so. Um, you can really, you know, you, you like, visually will get uh, stimulated, I think. 
the crowd, uh, the game, the action, uh, the music, uh, you know, buy a few beers, buy some overpriced hot dogs and <laughs> whatever other kind of junk food they have in there. Actually, you know, the, the stadium food is quite sophisticated these days, like compared to at least Japan. I think in Japan, we only have like two or three basic options. I think if you if you want, you can get like some fine dining in some of these stadiums these days. Sure, if you want to splash out several hundred dollars. Uh, <laughs> just staying like going to the baseball, you know, you go, you want to buy a beer and it's $13 for a Bud Light or something ridiculous like that. Exactly. Yeah, Disney over Disney Disneyland prices in the stadium, but uh, you know, you go if you're going to go to a game, you got to experience it, right? What are you going to do? Not drink? I guess that, I guess that's an option, but uh, <laughs> is that an option? <laughs> well, not if you're watching baseball. I mean, I'm so bored that I have to do something else to keep myself occupied. Yeah, baseball is a bit of a slower one, right? It's a bit slower. Yeah. So it's it's cool. You get to you get to be outdoors, and the field's nice and you know beautifully manicured, and uh, it's got its own uh, charm to it too. So. I would, yeah. you know, for somebody going to England, I would probably also say that a sports game is probably worth going to. But, uh, you know, I'm not going to go into detail on that as that's not really my area of interest. But something that I think is really worth doing uh, and it's pretty interesting in London um, and a little bit off the beaten track, I guess, is going to uh, Speaker's Corner. So, uh, what, before I guess, that, yeah. I got to ask you, Robin, have you been yeah. to a Warriors game? Uh, I haven't, no. Oh my goodness. You got to get out there. Uh, just, it's difficult to splash the cash on something I'm not really interested in, you know? <laughs> I hear you. All right, go, go ahead. You were telling me about Speaker's Corner? Yeah, well, I mean, you've been too, right? Uh, yeah, I've been to it. Um, yeah. and I, mostly I watch a lot of YouTube videos about it because they're pretty hilarious. People getting into arguments, right? So yeah, I mean, basically, it's a place. It's in it's in Hyde Hyde Park in London, yeah. and it's at the corner of the park, as the name suggests. And it's just a place where people gather together by tradition um, to exercise their right to free speech, basically. Mm. Um, and so, you know, it's it's very informal. Um, anybody can go. Anybody can start a conversation. Bring yourself a a soapbox get up and you can start ranting about anything you can go and listen to people um you know ask them questions argue with them disagree with them or just watch other people do it for you um and so it's just uh it's, you know it's a very normally quite a strange mixture of people and uh mm, some mm. very esoteric type of uh, topics um so you know it's there's a lot of people talking about religion, sure. Um, but people talking about all sorts of stuff. People talking about Islam or Christianity and Marxism and UFOs, I think, are pretty common topics. But, uh, you know, people talk about almost anything. And if you, don't, if you don't like it, you could start your own conversation about whatever you want. And if people find that interesting, then they'll come and start listening to you and asking you questions and... Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's just, uh, I think, mm. quite a stimulating place to be and also a kind of a way to connect with 
British culture in a way that might, you know, I think as a tourist, it's often quite difficult mm. to talk to and interact with local people. So I think it's a great uh, chance to see something different and experience some different perspectives. So if you were in Speaker's Corner, what would you stand up on that soapbox and start talking about if it was you? It might be you. Um, I mean, every time I've been, which is quite a few, is I yeah. normally just listen, right? If I had to talk about something, yeah. um, I'm not sure. I mean, you know my interests. I'm more in, interested in politics, economics, history. Um, but I don't have any especially controversial opinions about any of those. So, okay. uh, maybe, I mean, I think I just, yeah, like I said, I enjoy listening to people more. Um, <laughs> I'd, I'd get up there, start going hard against Joe Biden's America. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you really wanted to stir things up, you might start, you know, some pro pro Trump spiel or, you know, talk about some kind of anti-vaccination uh, oh, position man. or something like that. Oh my god, that's probably what a lot of them talk about, right? Vaccination. Uh, I mean, I haven't been there for quite a few years, so I imagine that. I mean, that's become something. That's something's become much more popular in the last five to ten years, right? So yeah, I bet there are people who are uh, riling against vaccinations. Well, probably not right now, but in the recent past, yeah. Okay. Interesting. Speaker's Corner, Hyde Park. Yeah. Um, so let's move on and talk about a couple of places where we are. So I'm in California. Yeah. Jose's in Tokyo. So, yeah. what you know, what's a must-see, must-do activity in Tokyo for you? I think going to sumo is, is a is a good activity. Um, you know, I, I think it's a popular thing to do, but it's also not overly popular. Uh, you have to really time it well because they're only in in Tokyo doing official uh, matches at a certain point in the year, right? It's not like year-round. So you have to time it well. Um, you also have to really know how to get your ticket. Uh, the best way to get a ticket is probably online or you can wait in line from like 3 a.m. to 8, 8 a.m. for a good five hours if you're trying to get a, a cheap ticket like I did one time. Uh, with my friends that was uh really cold and really long uh but yeah i think going to sumo is great uh it's very simple two guys two big guys trying to push each other out of a circle there's not much to it right i mean there's a lot of technique and and things like that but you can simply understand who won and who didn't you know even for the casual person well i've i've enjoyed watching sumo on on tv in the yeah. past but I feel like I've, I've I've had my fill after about ten minutes. You know, it's entertaining for ten minutes, and then I'm like, okay, I've, I get it, I'm done. Well, I think part of that probably comes with not knowing who's who, not knowing what's at stake, and uh, yeah, not knowing the progression. So okay. yeah, I think if if you you knew that a bit better, and I'm not claiming I know, but I, I've sat with people who really know. Mm -hmm. And then they, they start telling me, oh, this guy, he's a Ozeki. He's like high ranked. If he loses this one, it'll be like unbelievable. I'm like, oh, okay. And I'll start like understanding who's who, what, what their levels are, what the expectations are. Then it becomes a lot more interesting because uh, you, you're working towards like a, an outcome. You're not just watching the watch, right? Um, the, another cool thing about sumo is you can actually, not like we talked about the Staples Center, you can bring mm -hmm. in your own food. You can bring in your own drinks. 
I mean, that makes that makes a big difference as far as the price, right? Yeah. So do people do people go there and get drunk or? Um, yeah, is it a, is it a social activity or do people uh, take it pretty seriously? No, people are rabid fans of sumo. Um, mm. Some people are really rabid fans of sumo. So you know, there's like a whole subculture, Rob, and I I can't really explain it well, but like people like literally support some of these wrestlers so much they'll like give them uh presents and gifts or some kind of like sponsorships or fundings like privately it's mm. i don't know like you, you'll have like this like 55 year old japanese woman who believes in a in a young 19 20 year old uh young wrestler like believes he's going to be good or something and like i don't know she'll give him like 100 bucks a month just like as a support money or something like there's like a whole subculture at, you know, I'm not, I'm not super into it, but, um, but anyways, uh, the thing with sumo though, is the, in the morning they have the really low ranking matches. And then in the evening, it's like more of the primetime matches. So people usually start rolling in around one or 2 PM and then okay. they'll, they'll be there till like five, 5 PM, I think is when it finishes. So yeah, that's usually how it goes. So, I mean, you mentioned how expensive it is to go and see sports mm-hmm. sports games in, in the U.S. Is yep. it? What's the price like for a sumo uh, afternoon at sumo? Um, if you wait there from literally 3 in the morning in front of the Ryogoku ticket uh, mm-hmm. sumo area and you wait a good five hours in line <laughs> mm-hmm. in, in the freezing cold in January because I think that's when they're, they're in Ryogoku in Tokyo, Japan. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Then you can purchase it really cheaply for twenty bucks. Okay. Yeah. And, and what's, a, what's a more realistic uh, price? Oh yeah, but but what you would do is you'd go home though, because you you know it's eight a.m. and you're not going to go straight in because you just spent five hours watching. You'd sleep, wake up at one. Yeah. Buy, buy beer. Go to go buy rice balls. Go buy snacks. I don't know. Go buy your McDonald's. Go buy whatever you want. Bring it in and then just go enjoy. Uh, online. 60 bucks probably for for some seats okay so that's not i mean that's okay for if you want to just go for that one-off experience right yeah definitely all right um so tell me what you think about this one for me i feel like a must-see place in california is uh yosemite national park Mm, nice yeah it's beautiful where's that is that near san francisco there um it's it's to the east of san francisco right it's must be about uh-huh. 150 miles from san francisco something like that uh-huh. um but it's in the mountains right it's close i believe it borders on nevada if not then it's close to nevada so it's in the sierra nevada mm. um yeah, and it's a huge it's a huge national park um Mm-hmm. And I don't know, especially especially the main valley, Yosemite Valley, is just it's a it's pretty amazing as you drive into it, and mm-hmm. um, you know, you've got trees covering the valley floor, and then you've got cliffs going straight up, huge waterfalls, um, you know, and you know in the summer it's very it's very bright and green. In the winter it's covered in snow. Um, so, I mean, it's a little bit difficult to describe, but it's, it's really a stunning place. And so, you know, it's one of the, one of the only places Mm. I've ever been that's really kind of lived up to, to Mm. the hype. 
Uh, you know, it's easy to look up uh, pictures of somewhere on the internet and they've been photoshopped or they've got a filter or they're only showing you the very best part of a certain place. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, you turn up in downtown Los Angeles or something and it's, <laughs> you know, there's feces everywhere and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, people people having a fist fight on the street corner or whatever it might be. Um, it doesn't quite live up to what you, the pictures or the videos that you've seen. Um, but mm-hmm. I think Yosemite is one of those places where it just, it really is as amazing as it looks. Um, yeah, Yosemite is beautiful. Uh, I've been there maybe once or twice, maybe twice. I, I can't really recall because it was more when I was younger. Um, but it's definitely beautiful. Um, I, I guess it's like, you know, being in the wilderness with, without actually being in the wilderness in a sense, though, because it is a national park and it's uh, patrolled, right? And uh, they have some infrastructure there, you know, rangers yeah. and stuff. But but it's as close to being in the wilderness as you can get without actually being in the wilderness, huh? Well, I think it kind of depends where you go. If you, if you go to the, you know, the main center of the park, it's, you know, you can just have a little stroll around, look at the scenery, you know, there are public amenities, there's a restaurant, you know, you don't have to hike into the wilderness, but uh, it's a huge park. So if you want to get lost and, uh, yeah. go hiking go camping then you can walk for miles and miles wow. and obviously the further you get away from the main part the fewer people are there wow uh yeah and there are wild animals in the park right like in the national park there are bears there are deer there are there are wild animals aren't there yeah so you got to be you got to be a little bit careful and um you know especially if you're camping and you've got you know, a lot of food with you or something like that. You got to make sure to store it properly. And, mm. uh, you know, I think you should be aware of what to do if you come across a coyote or, uh, I'm not sure what's there actually mountain lions, maybe. Yeah. Um, wow. Cause yeah, I mean, you don't want to, you know, people have been killed in national parks by, uh, wild animals. Yeah. That's uh, it's interesting though. So, <clears throat> when you when you've gone, have you actually like gone proper camping? Have you you set up a tent? Have you uh, slept on the floor there? Um, no, I'm not really. I'm not really much into camping, honestly. Um, and you know, it's one of those places that's so popular that you have to book months and months and months in advance if you wanna if you wanna go camping. Okay. Um, You're a day trip guy then day trip yeah go on go on a day trip go for a little hike uh you know enjoy what's going on that's enough for me i don't want to you know spend uh, a whole night trying to get to sleep on uh, rough ground and then wake up feeling terrible that's not my idea of fun you don't want to you don't want to hike up fuji mountain and sleep sleep there halfway up and then keep walking then <laughs> you're not feeling that if there's if there's a mattress then uh i'd give it a go but i don't want to I, I don't want to sleep in a tent i've done that enough times to know that i don't like it okay you just want to go go in one go and come back <laughs> yeah i mean yeah i mean we'll see i don't know i don't know if i want to hike up mount fuji but no <laughs> perfect yosemite Awesome. So yeah, let's uh, let's move on to our third one. Then we talked about where we're from, where we are at the moment. Um, so just going to mention one other one, one other place uh, that we've really enjoyed, or one other thing that we've really enjoyed. So 
you mentioned to me it's a it's a food so tell me about that um yeah i really enjoy going to peru because of the food man the food is just great uh i don't know if you guys have eaten peruvian food but i i really strongly believe it's it's up there with uh some of the best foods in the world i know it doesn't get exported as much but you know that's usually connected to a, a country's like uh economy right that you know if they're not high powered economy i think it's a bit tougher to export the food um, um i think it's normally to do with the diaspora right i think there's just not a huge peruvian diaspora mm-hmm. That's true too, the diaspora. But that's connected to like the, I guess, the, how can we say, the population of the country and the, I guess the, the amount of people, uh, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, but I mean, saying that, I see, you know, there's quite, there are quite a number of Peruvian restaurants in the Bay Area now. So I think, you know, people are catching on and people, yeah, definitely, yeah. people definitely like it and they want to go and, um there seems to people seem to have responded to that man you're making me hungry already but uh yeah i love the the peruvian food uh it's it's tough to explain all peruvian food but there's some signature dishes like uh ceviche ceviche is one where we uh take the raw fish and i guess we cook it with lemon just lemon and some onions chopped up onions maybe put a little sweet potato in there um or not chopped up onions i say sliced onions and that's always a good dish uh, eat it by the by the beach, I guess. Have a little beer. It always uh, tastes really good. You had ceviche in Peru, right? Well, yeah, maybe you should be clear. It's the what's kind of interesting about it is that it's the acid in uh, lemon yeah. or lime yeah. uh, that cooks the fish, right? So it's mm. not quite it's not quite raw in the same way that a piece of sashimi is raw, right? It's uh, it's still cooked but not quite not in the same way as you'd cook in a frying pan or something like that exactly exactly so ceviche is a good dish um i like lomo saltado which is uh beef with uh cut up onions tomatoes uh cooked in it with a touch of soy sauce due to the i guess the japanese uh i guess we could say uh influence of all the japanese immigrants coming in um yeah so i think peruvian food has this uh this fusion of asian flavor because of the a lot of chinese and uh you know japanese immigrants coming in so we have a we eat white rice with every meal i think that's kind of known in peru too i think that definitely comes from asian cultures uh yeah and i just i enjoy all the food all the various restaurants um the the holes in the walls the the more, uh, you know, expensive restaurants. But um, if you go to Peru, I think one of the main reasons to go to Lima is just for that food experience. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely something uh, that I did when I was in Lima. Your dad took me out a couple of times to, to eat and uh, went out with your, your brother as well. Took so me nice. to some, some good spots, some cheap ones, some fancier places and... Uh, yeah, like you said, it's just a very interesting f- fusion of different flavors, right? Exactly, exactly. Um, you know, even the breakfast, you get like these sweet potatoes and you get some like cooked pork with fresh bread and you make a little little pork, sweet potato, onion sandwich over, you know, eating it in a little like freshly cooked hot bun. It's like, wow, it just melts in your mouth. I mean... You go to Peru, you're going to come back three three kilos heavier. I promise you. That's the only thing. That... 
But uh, it's oh, so if you say that, you're going to dissuade people from joining. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's great. I love it. So, um, do you have any good Peruvian restaurants around your house, Robin? Um, there's one I've been to a couple of times, um, close to where I used to live. That was pretty good. Uh, yes. There's another one I've been to a few times in Emeryville, um, which is in the public market over there. Uh, that has some really good stuff. Uh, so yeah, there are there are a few good places to get Peruvian food around here. Okay, okay. Have you taken uh, Mega Meat some? Uh, yes, we have been. Um, I'm trying to remember what we what we got, but um, okay. I think they got the uh, adobo. Is that that's a yeah yeah? It's a Peruvian dish. Uh, yeah. I know. I'm just getting confused because I know there's also a Filipino dish called adobo as well. Um, so yeah, 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 with the pork, I think it's like slow cooked pork, right? And um, anyway, I mean, I've tried a number of dishes. It's you know, it's pretty good. Better, sure. better than English food, anyway. Yeah, well, that's not hard. <laughs> I got, I got my guy next to Shinjuku. He's a, uh, there's like a Peruvian guy. He's got a little hole in the wall shop there. That's some good food. I'll take you there. He's uh, oh. I don't know, his, I don't know his name. Let's go, amigo, mi amigo. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is he Peruvian? Is he Peruvian? Then? Yeah, he's Peruvian. He's, I mean, uh, he might be married to some Japanese lady, I guess. But he's he's cooking. He's just cooking in the back by himself, and I think his wife is taking the orders, so, right. uh, making that authentic food. That uh, anti anti cuchi anti cuchos anti cuchos the the heart meat right. Well, anticuchos can be anything, right? I mean, it's just it's like the meat on a stick, basically. Yeah, yeah. He's putting the the beef beef heart on it. It's really good. Nice. Yeah. Um. So, so uh, I'll mention uh, my final one then. Final recommendation. Okay. Um. This one from Mexico, I guess. It's got mm. a bit of a, a sentimental, um, of a sentimental attachment, I guess. But um. You know, one of my favorite places when I was living in Mexico was the uh, city of uh, Guanajuato, which is right in the center of Mexico. Um, so when I was there, I was living in a different city, León, which is a very industrial city. So, you know, I had a great time there, but it's not really a it's not really a very interesting place to visit as a tourist or as a visitor. Yeah. Uh, but you know, Guanajuato is you know a beautiful colonial town. It's in like a very, um, what's the right word, narrow valley. Um, mm. So you've got the kind of heart of the colonial city in the bottom of the valley, and then the city's kind of spread up the hills. Yeah. Um, so it's very, very compact. It's very well-preserved. Mm. Um, and so it's just, you know, it's got a lot of character. Um and it's also a big university town as well. Mm, so there's mm. a lot of younger people there. Yeah. Uh, quite a lot of foreign students, quite a lot of foreigners going there to for vacations, study Spanish, whatever they want to do. And so it's just, you know, it's a beautiful place. There's always, a, it's very lively. There's a lot of things to do. There's a lot of energy. Um, mm. And so, yeah, I mean, that's, you know, that's been one of my, favorite places that I've visited. 
Well, that's interesting. They have the <clears throat> colonial architecture then. It's kind of Spanish Spanish buildings then you're trying to say, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, there are a lot of uh, colonial cities in, in Mexico, right? Um, yeah. uh, and a lot of them are, are well-preserved and, you know, a lot of them are famous tourist spots. Um, yeah, we, we have a similar thing in Japan in like, uh, I guess, Yokohama or Kobe or pretty much a lot of any any big city, port city, especially like port cities. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nagasaki, yeah, basically a lot of port cities is uh, there'll be some uh, construction, you know, during that time, uh, some foreign residents of like French or uh, Dutch or, you know, American. So we, we have that kind of uh you know architecture which contrasts to the japanese architecture which is always a popular you know sightseeing spot right Mm -hmm. so So, yeah that's you know that's a nice little place um what were you doing there you were just you were you were working there at the time you were studying there um so i i was i was living in as i said in leon which is which is in the state of guanajuato and that's just about uh, 20 miles from the city of Guanajuato. Um, so yeah, I often go there, go for a night out or go for the day. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I, some of the people that I knew even lived there and then commuted. So, um, it was just somewhere to go. That was a little bit more exciting and lively than where I, where I was living in that time. All right, Robin, which is better Mexican food or Peruvian food out with it? You know what? I'm going to say it right now. I'm not the biggest fan of Mexican food. Whoa! <laughs> I mean, I I do I do like Mexican food. Um, uh, even had some Mexican food today, in fact. But um, I'm not. You know, some people in California are absolutely crazy about Mexican food. If I never ate any Mexican food for the rest of my life, I'd be I'd be fine. I'd be fine. Some big time statements. So. Kind of. You heard it here first, Peruvian food over Mexican food. But but you like Americanized Mexican food. You, you like our version, our California version, more more than the, the stuff you ate in Mexico, or you like the actual Mexican food more than the, the stuff we're making in California? Um I like I like both. Um okay. I think one one reason I'm a little bit bored with Mexican food in California is that there's very little variety. Mm. Um, so you've got tacos you've got burritos you've got some other stuff but that's basically it in mexico there's more variety there's a lot more variety of stuff so yeah uh, you know one mexican food that i like a lot is gorditas Mm. uh, which is similar to other you know things that you can find in the caribbean as well like pupusas and um I'm forgetting what they call them in colombia but that's something i really like in mexico and you know, you can probably find that in East Los Angeles, but you don't find that at a regular Mexican restaurant here. Nice. Um, so yeah, I mean, here as I said, it's just I like eating Mexican food, but sometimes it's a bit lack of variety so it doesn't mm. get me that excited. Whereas if you go to a Peruvian restaurant, like mm. you know, the dishes are just completely different, right? Like you order a ceviche, and that's it's completely different from uh, Lomo Saltado, for example. Whereas a taco and a burrito, I mean, you know, 75% of the ingredients are exactly the same, right? Exactly, exactly. 
How are you getting along with Japanese food, though? I wonder. Have you have you started getting into that since uh, these last few months here? Yeah, uh, yeah, we've had quite a few Japanese foods. Uh, uh, what did I have a couple of weeks ago? For the first time, I tried some takoyaki. Really, first time takoyaki. Yeah. I love takoyaki. How is it? Well, it's just, it was pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. Um, Megumi often cooks uh, okonomiyaki, which is now one of my favorites. So. Mm. Shout out! <laughs> shout out to Megumi. Has she has she put noodles in it? I like the one with noodles. The little. I, I haven't tried the one with noodle noodles, although she did put cheese in it. Uh, oh, okay. That was pretty good too. Um, but I, I, I saw a video of a Hiroshima-style okonomiyaki, which seemed to be completely different from... Hiroshima-yaki? I, I don't know what, it, what it's called, but I guess it's, called this, I guess it's called okonomiyaki as well, but it looks it's completely different, right? It has noodles on the bottom. Yeah, I like that style. That one's really good. That's my favorite one. So, yeah. So, so yeah, I'm, I mean, Japanese food... I mean, as long as it's not English food, then uh, I'm on board. <laughs> Understood. Understood. All right. Well, on that note, and another criticism of English food, let's uh, <laughs> let's uh, say goodbye. Thank you very much for for listening. Um, if you've got any questions, uh, concerns, or uh, thoughts, send them over to uh, permanently res. That's r e s at gmail dot com. Especially uh, if you took offense of uh, Robin criticizing Mexican food's lack of variety, please make a post on our on our Facebook page. <laughs> All right. See you guys All next right. time. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye.